Welcome to I Love Palm Beach, brought to you by GL Luxury Group with Partners Mortgage 300, a local Florida lender. The show where we talk about everything that Palm Beach County, Florida has to offer and why you should make it your home. We're a team of real estate professionals who love where we live, and we want to show you why you will love Palm Beach too. You'll learn all about Palm Beach lifestyles, hobbies, fun pastimes, and all the amazing things to do here. Listen in to find the best of Palm Beach. Whether it's a specific food or service, Palm Beach has it all and does it bigger and better. You'll also hear local hero stories featuring some of the incredible people that call Palm Beach home. Now, without any further ado, here's your host, Rebecca Giacoba, with co-host Stephanie Ko. Hi, everybody. Welcome to another edition of I Love Palm Beach 2022. And we have something really interesting to do today. I want to introduce to you um, Keith Lorigan. And I know that COVID is long past and it's been over, but there are still some benefits that people can use to maybe get some money um, kind of through the, what do they call it? The CARES Act. Exactly. It is through the CARES Act. And it's for people that own businesses. A lot of um, accountants don't know about it. They don't want to touch it. They're afraid of it. But it's called an employee retention program. And we're still going back to years 2020 and 21. And we're able to get people money of almost $26,000 per W-2 employee. So in Florida, well, I'm going to let Keith talk about what happened in Florida. I am not the expert here, but I'm going to let him share what's unique about what's happened to our employers here in Florida and what they're still able to do. Yeah. So uh, if, if, if you're a company or you know a company that had W-2 employees in the last three quarters of 2020 and the first three quarters of 21, there's a possibility that the business could qualify for up to $26,000 per W-2 employee. And this money, it, it does stem from the CARES Act, uh, much like the PPP money, uh, this comes, uh, well, unlike the, the PPP money came through the SBA, which was distributed through banks. So we all heard about it. Most yeah. of which of those loans were forgiven. Uh, now, the in the CARES Act, they also put aside $400 billion uh, and it came through the US Treasury, which is being distributed through the IRS. And you have to have a company like one of ours uh, that has a tax preparer or a CPA could do this filing. And we file it to the IRS based on the information we collect from the business owner. There's no obligation, there's no upfront cost, there's no filing fee. Uh, we collect 15% of whatever we collect for the company. So if we collect a million dollars for the business, uh, ERC Help Desk, which is the firm I represent, gets 150,000 of it. So uh, a lot of business owners don't know about this. A lot of CPAs, some, some of which don't know about it. And uh, so that's it in a nutshell. Uh, that's kind of the 30,000 foot view. We're finding that most companies 
are qualifying for some amount of ERC. And per the IRS website, which everybody can go to and plug in ERC, you'll see it's all in there. Uh, they're saying at least 70% of all businesses will qualify for some ERC. And there's multiple ways to qualify, Rebecca. It's not just a reduction in sales. That's the automatic qualifier. In other words, if your sales were down in any given quarter, well, the, one of the last three quarters of 2020 compared to the same quarter in 2019 by 50%, it's an automatic qualifier. In 2021, it got a little easier. And it was uh, the, the guideline said, if your sales were down just 20%, let's say in Q3 of 21 versus Q3 of 19, you automatically qualify. But some companies have come to us and said, Keith, our business was actually pretty good in 2021. Okay, well, let's learn a little bit about your business. Uh, I had a client that's actually in our building here who owns a staffing company. His sales were very, very good. However, he was uh, 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 prevented from going to meetings, sales, uh, trade shows, and conventions. That's a carve-up language in the, in the ERC uh, uh, guideline from the IRS. If, if you're unable to send people to your meetings that you customarily send to, uh, that's a qualifier. So he ended up qualifying, I don't know, for 140000 of which he half of it was because his sales were down in some quarters, and the other half was for the alternative qualifier. So th that's just one example of how businesses can qualify. Yeah, and I think because in Florida, we were pretty open during COVID, and a lot of businesses flourished, people think there was nothing for them but it did affect them. You know, restaurants are a great example. You know, some of them, uh, let's look at Voodoo Bayou. Voodoo Bayou was like a phenomenon. People were waiting to get in the door and they just opened because they were new and they were selling drinks outside to get in the restaurant. Right. You know, and then yeah. there are restaurants that shriveled up and died and didn't make it. You know, I think there was a place called uh, Hangry that was right near and they just didn't have that momentum that got them through that. What if your business closed? Can you still go back and yeah. modify those returns? We just uh, did a filing for uh, a woman that uh, she's in a new business now. Uh, she has a boutique store uh, in Jupiter. but. Uh, during COVID, she had a T-Mobile store and uh, it was shut down. I mean, mm -hmm. I think corporate T-Mobile uh, shut them down because uh, of all the uh, government shutdowns. And so they had to close that business. And we looked at the filing and she did qualify, actually. So she's for her, it's like found money. Uh, and for most of the businesses that we're filing for, it's like they didn't know anything about this. Right. Uh, so, uh, for example, there's a, a, a landscape company in Stewart. We just filed. He's getting $750,000. It was just he had no idea it was available to him uh, because the IRS isn't promoting it. And this right. starts to expire in July of 23. And for two years, it slides off all the way to a zero. Uh, there will be nothing left if there's. If it's uh, if you haven't filed in that time period, then it's gonna expire. So uh, and back to your point of restaurants. Uh, obviously, a lot some of the restaurants here, uh, especially in Palm Beach County, did pretty well. But there is a carve out in the in the guideline that says if COVID had a uh, a nominal impact on your business, if your sales were down ten percent, 
but you had to change how you were doing things, like moving tables from the inside. Like I, I Lenora is here uh, in Alton. You couldn't go inside, but they did what you were just talking about. They right, put a exactly. table at the door. You could order food, and then they just bring it out to the the table and buy drinks, and you sat outside and ate it. So that was that was a pivot, and the IRS recognizes that. You pivoted, you kept your doors open, and you retained those employees. IRS is rewarding those companies for doing that. So as I understand, um, if you've already filed in these tax years, you can go back and modify. Right? So this, yeah, this doesn't have anything to do with personal tax returns or corporate tax returns. This is a payroll tax. So what we okay. ask for in terms of documentation Really, are there's two buckets of documentation. One is the 941 form. That's what companies submit when they pay their estimated quarterly taxes. We get the 941 for those uh, those quarters that are in question, the last three quarters of 20, first three quarters of 21, and then we amend it, and that's called the 941X. And then the other thing we need is the detailed uh, payroll tax reports. So for every quarter. Uh, we need your payroll company, whether it's ADP or Paychex or whichever company you use, to give us the breakdown of the quarterly uh, uh, labor reports that show the wages that were paid. And then we ask two questions. What were your quarterly sales in 19, 20, and the first three quarters of 21? And then if you got PPP money, which payroll periods did you apply it to? With that information, we can tell the company how much they qualify for. Now, full disclosure, the IRS is backed up, period. But right. they're telling us it's taking five, six, seven months to get this money back. Uh, and they do have language on their website that says, please allow an additional eight to 12 weeks just in case. So, you know, we think it's going to be six months, but it could take, it could take nine. Uh, but as the, you said, it's found money, you know, so anybody that's a business owner, it doesn't cost them anything to do this, correct? There's, there's no five, up there's nothing up front. We only get paid when the business gets paid. There are some companies like ours that do charge more, like 20% or 25%. And there is, I know of one company that charges a filing fee of $2,500 up front. Wow. So, yeah, with us, we're here in Palm Beach Gardens. We have an office right on, on um, Avenue of the Americas and PJ National. Mm. Uh, I know uh, the owner uh, who's actually a beneficiary of ERC. He He's a local guy. He owns four companies. He sold a big company about a year and a half ago. And somebody said, hey, did you check into ERC? He goes, I have no idea what you're talking about. And he's getting like a million dollars. So he thought, if I didn't know about this, who else doesn't know about it? So he launched the business several months ago. Uh, I'm involved with him as well as some of his family members and close people, and it's exploding. And so we're just- Absolutely right. And I love to hear a story as he found out it really helped him and he wants to share it with others. Yeah. And so there's no risk. There's no downside for business. And by the way, when the money comes from the IRS, it goes into an escrow trust account. So it's and it's safe. And when the when the funds clear from the IRS, the business that we file for, they get we can either wire the funds or uh, ACH it, direct deposit. They get eighty five percent of whatever we collect for. 
Well, so, I feel like I want to run out there and tell everybody that out of business. Yeah. Everybody knew about the PPP. Nobody knows about this. That's the, uh, that's what we think. Everybody we filed for is like, wow, this is a, this is just found money. We're so happy. I actually, the landscape company said, hey, Keith, we're willing to give you 20%, even though you collect 15. I said, no, no, no. <laughs> but that's how happy people are elated because, yeah. I mean, that's real money. That's, that's going to change this guy's life. So now they're not all that big. Some are small, like 10,000 or 100,000. Even with that, it's still, you know. $10,000 can really impact somebody's life, you know. It really can. So, uh, you know, we have a website. People can go online and they can do a little survey at erchelpdesk.com. And they can just answer the questions and we'll the, the website will tell them uh, potentially what they qualify for. So. And then they, people can call me. I'm happy to answer any questions. And if they want to get their attorney or CPA or CFO or, you know, not everybody has that kind of a team. But, right. you know, even if it's a one man person, you mm-hmm. know, uh, or with very few employees, we're happy to file it for them. Well, I am so happy you reached out about this. This is such a, a great thing for people and they don't know it. Um, please share your phone number and your email with me. I'm going to put it in the show notes and uh, let's get the word out, you know, before it's too late for people. I'm going to make sure my accountant knows about it. Maybe she can get involved. But on another note, you and I have a relationship. We used to do some loans together back in the day when we were doing a lot of loans. I know you're still doing a lot of loans, but fortunately I've had a lot of cash buyers. Yeah. I'm not complaining. But um, I want to understand what the Fed just did with the rate increase. I want to explain it for lay people because it gets out there. Everybody's in a panic. They don't understand. Could you explain what that means? It was a 0.75 rate increase. Yeah. So I would say to any listeners and viewers that the, the, the best index to watch for what mortgage rates are going to do is called the 10-year treasury bond. So that 10-year treasury bond went from, in beginning of December of 21, at, we'll call it 1.3, to all the way to 3.3. Now, you don't, those, those things don't really mean anything to people other than going from 1.3 to 3.3 in six months is a big number percentage-wise. And so mortgage rates followed that. And now we're seeing a pullback. That 10-year treasury bond is now 2.7, 2.6, maybe less than that today. And so the mortgage mortgage rates have actually slid down a little bit. Uh, so when we see big uh, headline news about the Fed funds rate is going to be going up or went up, it doesn't necessarily mean the mortgage rates are going down. In fact, it's usually the opposite. So with the Fed increasing rates on uh, the Fed funds rate, it means the cost of borrowing for your credit card or car, things like that are going to go up. But mortgage rates have uh, peeled back, actually. So um, so that's I don't know if that answers the question, but I, that's the overview that I can share. It's a little bit of an indication. And I think when you say treasury bills, people refer that it's to the T-bill, right? Right. Correct. A lot of lingo floating around that the layperson. The 10-year. Look at the 10-year. And follow years. that. And, and that what is the index? If the T bill is like 
3%, the mortgage rates like a 3% index or? Well, when we saw that the, 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 the 10-year treasury was 1.3 in December, mortgage rates were in the threes, low threes. Right. And, and when that 10-year treasury went to one or 3.3, like, I don't know, 60 days ago or 45 days ago, mortgage rates were like six right. um, on a 30-year fixed rate. Now, I haven't checked them today, but they're in the low fives. So um, it's still cheap money. I mean, relatively speaking. Oh, I remember when we were refining people that had seven and eight percent down to six back in the day. And they were happy as can be. We just had cheap money for so long. It was just crazy. Look, I think I think if we mortgage rates stay in the fives. Um, it's healthy. That's a really it is healthy. healthy. Great. Um, and I think it's fine. Like to your point, I remember refinancing down to a six and a half, uh, like, you know, on a, mm-hmm. on a loan 15, 20 years ago. And the average interest rate in the last 40 years, more mortgage rates in the last 40 years, the average 8.99. So we're still really good. Yeah. I mean, the thing is we, in the last 10 years, I mean, for 90% of that time, a rate started with a three in front of it. Right. Uh, so now, you know, I think the shock and awe of the higher rate is kind of, it's settled into our, into the culture. Uh, yeah. Does it cost more to get a mortgage? Yes, but it is what it is. It's not a reason not to buy. It's cheap. It's, right. It's I mean, still- I still, I feel like prices are leveling, but we should still see some healthy growth. So as somebody's, you know, somebody was saying to me, Homes are not going to be any cheaper than they are today, which is probably true. We're not going to take a dive. But my question is, what about those people that qualified with those low rates? Now that rates went up, prices are up. What are we doing to combat them? Because if they qualified for the half a million dollar house six months ago with the rates up, they can't. We going into... um you know, adjustable rates, what's kind of happening? So um, there's a couple of ways I, I see that. One is those people are, are probably like paralyzed. You know, they, yeah. they've got equity in their home. They've got a low rate. Their home has gone up. If they sell and, and try and, you know, take money off the table, they don't really gain, I don't think, because the rate's higher, the mm-hmm. purchase price is higher, the property taxes are higher, I don't know if that's a good move for everybody. And so that's one, one category. The other is. Uh, for the buyer, you know, the buyer that was out there looking, there was no oh, inventory. Yeah. You can, rates are up and. You can, you can lower the rate by getting what we call an arm, a five, a seven, a 10 year arm, which is a good program, I think, uh, because it, it locks you in at the lower rate and the payment is based on not the 10 or the seven or five years, but based on a 30-year amortization schedule. So the payment's a little lower and you might be able to get a rate that's a three-eighths less. So statistically speaking, most of us refinance or sell in under 10 years anyway. So uh, it's it's probably a low-risk proposition to, to go with the arm, as long as the points and fees aren't uh, appreciably high for that. Um, and then some people, they they won't qualify. Their debt-to-income ratios are 
or it pushes pushes them out of out of the cap, out of the level that they can keep. So there are programs that you know it's kind of a plan B. Uh, you know, I always say let's get people in plan A, which is a you know conventional loan, FHA, VA mm-hmm. loan, they get the best rates, the lowest fees, it's better for them, it's better for us. Uh, but we do have a program where no debt to income ratios are calculated, but you got to put 25% down. Uh, the fees are higher, the rate is higher, uh, but you got to put 20 in the end, you got to put 25% down, but it is a way in. That's really a program more or less, I think for self-employed people that make a lot of money, but they just, it does, it's not reflected on their tax returns, right? They can write off so much per the IRS. It's totally legal. Uh, you, so you mitigate your tax uh, liability by writing all that off. That's great, but then when we when we qu- try and qualify them for a conventional loan, uh, it doesn't work for the loan product or the loan amount they want. So that's a Plan B option, uh, just alternative financing. That but again, I just uh, think it's so important for people to get in a home. It's going to be the groundwork for their financial stability. But I agree. Um, and one more thing, and I'm going to let you go. I get talking with you, and I don't want to get off the the call, but. What about talk of a 40-year loan? I've heard uh, talk of that, and I just wondered what your opinion of that was. I mean, I think it's a way to lower your payment. Again, if most people are refinancing or selling in under 10 years, statistically speaking, that's a stat under in the country. It's under 10 years uh, and probably way under. Then it's okay because even a 30-year mortgage is front-loaded with interest. It's not a great deal to stay right. in that product for 30 years because of the amount of interest you pay. Um, we're not seeing a lot of 40 year like uh, mortgages other than I did a close a loan this year in Jupiter on a uh, investment property, which is a, a loan product called DSCR. It stands for debt service coverage ratio. As long as the way that works is as long as the rent covers the payment, including taxes, insurance, we can do the loan. No tax returns required. A uh, little higher interest rate, but it's a way in. Uh, you got to have 25% down, or you can do a cash out refi with 75% loan to value. I just did one of those. Uh, um, that uh, That's a good product uh, where we don't do debt to income ratio calculations. Okay. Well, thank you so much. It was great talking to you today. Thanks so much for tuning in to this episode of I Love Palm Beach. Please feel free to share this podcast with anyone who wants to learn more about our beautiful city. If you're looking to explore all that Palm Beach has to offer, visit our website at www.giaelite.com. That's G-I-A-E-L-I-T-E.com. Or give our team a call at 410-320-4868. We'll catch you in the next episode.